Welcome to Slutty Activism, the podcast that teaches you to fight fascism with your genitals. Really, you can become the change you want to see in the world by becoming an extraordinary lover. No experience necessary. I'm your host, certified sex coach and professional sexual revolutionary, Sarah Martin. Let's get started. Hello, friend. What an absolute delight to be penetrating your ear holes on this fine day. (laughs) So I want to share a little fable, not one of mine, but one from a couple thousand of years ago. In the beginning of time, when humans were first created, they had a form different to the one they have today. They were both man and woman, had four arms, four legs, and a single head made of two faces. Fearing their power, Zeus split them into two separate parts, condemning them to spending their lives in search of their other halves. Over 2,000 years ago, this is a myth ancient Greeks were telling about soulmates. My controversial take? It was dangerous bullshit then, and it remains dangerous dangerous bullshit now. (laughs) The idea that we remain somehow incomplete without finding our one and only destined partner is everywhere. Soulmates, twin flames, the other half, the one. Oftentimes we dub these notions romantic and we nod along politely when someone's eyes glass over as they talk about all of the hopes, dreams, and expectations they are pinning on the mythical one they will meet someday. You find these narratives strewn throughout culture, media, and in the stories we tell each other about our private lives. For a belief like this to catch fire and take hold among so many people, it must be tapping into something profound within our collective zeitgeist. And for a lot of people, maybe even the majority of people, something about the idea of a one out there just for you is deeply appealing. The main reason for this, as I see it, is anything but romantic. (laughs) So many people yearn to find the one because they feel incomplete. For some, maybe it's a gnawing feeling that on their own, they're not really worthy. But if they could just find the one, well, then they would feel whole. For others, maybe within their culture, you're not actually considered an adult until you're married, and finding the one will mean finally being taken seriously. And for others still, their spiritual hunger drives them towards this idea of a deep and enduring connection that follows them through many lives. And if they can just find their twin flame, they will get to experience the transcendence of timelessness. Regardless of the context, the same fundamental idea is present, that, on your own, you are lacking something essential. Finding that cosmically ordained other becomes a matter of urgent priority. The stakes feel incredibly high, and there can be tremendous pressure. (sighs) I am about to say something controversial, and know that I share it with you with the intention of love and your highest good. There is nothing romantic about searching for a soulmate. 
When you do so, you are carrying around a gaping need in your own soul to find something that doesn't actually exist. This mindset sets you up for failure and disappointment. It's unfair to you, and it's unfair to any of your potential partners. What's more, when you dedicate your time, energy, and intention to searching for a soulmate, you breathe life into fascism. Uh, That might sound like a bit much. You might be thinking, Sarah, really? People looking for soulmates are fascists? No, (laughs) I didn't say that. I said, questing for your soulmate or twin flame or other half breathes life into fascism. The reason why is because it isolates you. Your quest for a soulmate in the long run will deprive you of the connection you so deeply desire. Think about it. If you believe there is only one other out there who is your perfect match, one ordained by God or the universe to be your companion and partner, and your mission is to find them, then your relationships are most likely to be an exercise in perpetual dissatisfaction. (laughs) You begin pedestalizing your version of what it will be like to be with this person. You may spend a lot of time imagining how it will be to finally feel complete, to be made whole through love. Hey friend, if you're ready to change the world by enjoying deeply pleasurable, more connected, and satisfying sexual experiences, then head over to sluttyactivism.com, that's sluttyactivism.com, to get started. Okay, now back to the show. And this results in you investing a lot of emotional energy into a relationship that doesn't actually exist outside of your imagination. And what's more, it becomes very hard for any real human being in the world to live up to this idolized vision. The soulmate myth is responsible for a lot of toxic dating behaviors. The idea of the other half can be used to justify those horrible laundry lists some people put in their dating profiles about what a potential partner must have. Belief in the one suddenly makes relationship longevity the actual marker of success. Because if somebody really is the one, then you'll be together until one of you dies, right? How could it be any other way if soulmates are real? And this kind of thinking makes you vulnerable to poor or abusive treatment from partners. If you've invested emotionally and energetically in someone being the one, it makes it hard for you to leave relationships. On the whole, believing in soulmates, other halves, twin flames, or ones is fundamentally disempowering. It puts you on the back foot from the very beginning. When you are told that your true and total emotional and sexual fulfillment lies outside of you, in the person of another, without whom you will remain perpetually incomplete. Well, what incentive is there for you to focus inward and to learn what you truly want and desire? I mean, say nothing of how intersecting power hierarchies have wrapped their tendrils around and throughout the idea of the one. The soulmate myth conveniently benefits sexism, white supremacy, racism, imperialism, ableism, and classism. Additionally, Twin flame narratives tend to be homophobic and mononormative. (laughs) Overall, these beliefs are inherently exclusionary, right? Not only in terms of excluding literally 
all of humanity apart from your quote unquote one. But it also ignores the extraordinary diversity of relationship styles and sexual expression. So I understand why the idea of a soulmate is appealing in the often bleak and difficult world we live in. And for those of us who have experienced bullying, abuse, or trauma, the idea that we can heal the hole in our hearts if we only find our person is, I don't know, comforting in a way. It gives us an explanation for why we feel incomplete, and it gives us an action to focus on. As the idea of other halves is so widely held and so visible in society and culture, it also feels kind of comfortable, like we are participating in something that is a normal part of life, a common quest in an age where we have lost so many socially unifying experiences. And still, if what you yearn for is deep connection, sexual liberation, and pleasure, you will struggle to experience these shifts if you hold on to the idea of a soulmate, especially if you continue to believe that you are incomplete without finding the one. One of the most powerful ways you can transform your experience of dating, sex, and relationships is by committing to come to your relationships as a whole human being, already complete, without any expectation that your partner will fill a void. This shift relieves a tremendous amount of pressure that you may not even notice you're placing on yourself and your partners. Shifting your self-expectation to one of wholeness means you come to expect wholeness in your partners, too. You no longer put pressure on yourself to complete them, or vice versa. Only partners who come together in wholeness are able to experience true collaboration. A partnership forged in wholeness allows for a blossoming of connection and pleasure. It allows for the intimacy of truly knowing each other, of being seen and seeing. Wholeness promotes autonomy and true choice. Only when you don't believe a partner is necessary to complete you can you truly choose to participate in that relationship with a sense of freedom rather than obligation. Coming to the realization of your inherent birthright wholeness is especially necessary if you want to have a good experience of non-monogamy. Ditto if you want to have deeply connected and enriching casual sexual relationships. If you've ever tried out either of these experiences and were left feeling uh, an emotional wreck without really understanding why, the soulmate myth and everything that comes along with it could be behind that. Fascism can only benefit when you willingly choose to deny your wholeness and when you cede your power for a full life experience to an unnamed, non-existent other who is somewhere out there, outside of you. Fascism thrives when we get locked into unsatisfying relationships that drain our energy. How are you going to fight back against injustice when you barely have the energy to make it through the day? Fascism thrives when you're kept in a state of perpetual, perceived lack and threat. When you reject the soulmate myth and instead choose to come to your relationships in wholeness, you transform not only your own experiences. It doesn't stop with you. It can't. Because once you have learned to see your own wholeness, you cannot help but see it in others. It's another way slutty activism literally changes the fucking world, how you change the world, by becoming an uncommonly good lover.
most people are not used to being looked at as whole, not in the realm of dating and especially not in the realm of casual sex. You will make the sex landscape of your city better just by value of participating in it. When you recognize the inherent wholeness of self and others, navigating the dynamic conversation of consent suddenly becomes like a whole lot easier without you really needing to try. Wholeness inevitably lends itself to autonomy, and sexual autonomy is the stuff great consent practice is made out of. Pretty soon, you won't just be naturally honoring the autonomy of your sexual partners. Uh, You're going to start doing it to everyone, to the cashiers at the shop and to family members at gatherings. You'll have a whole new awareness of when they may not be speaking up for themselves, and you'll find yourself making space for them to do so. Wholeness is an intrinsic and necessary part of living with dignity. When you decide to honor human wholeness, you become a light in the darkness. You illuminate others by seeing the wholeness in them too. So, what do you say? Come join me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to sluttyactivism.com and learn how you can get started changing the world with pleasure. Also, make sure to follow the show so that you get notified when I drop a new episode. And if you want to connect with other like-minded people, come join us in Certainty for Overthinkers, the Slutty Activism Podcast Community Facebook group. Hope to see you there.